0: I am Linda and I'm Sarah I'm a boomer mom I'm a millennial daughter and we're here to talk about relationships all kinds of relationships so without
1: further ado let's get get relational relational. hi and welcome to another episode of let's get relational
0: today we are speaking about inner resourcefulness
1: (laughs) I like to talk about resourcefulness inner resourcefulness as Being fully resourced inside so that you're not really needy and trying to get something from somebody else and you are feeling like you're coming to challenging situations as a whole person and not trying to fill a hole inside of yourself. If we come to relationships with a hole inside of ourselves, then we're trying to always get somebody else and something else to fill that hole. And so with inner resourcefulness, what you're looking at are the things that help fill you up. Now, some of those things are going to be walking in nature. Mm -hmm. They're going to be a spiritual relationship. They're going to be certain friends, certain romantic partners, siblings, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's different for everybody.
0: Yeah. And the thing, too, is like imagine, I like to imagine it as a reservoir, like some sort of canister that is within you, you know, with that metaphor um and so it's something that you whatever you do um it's just you're pouring stuff into that and if you're not fully resourced if you're not um working on really taking care of yourself your reservoir is going to have holes in it and so whatever you put in is just going to come back out it's just going to (laughs) go trickle out and you're not going to be able to fill yourself up, which creates that cycle of you keep wanting and wanting things, trying to get things from other people to fill yourself up. But it never fills you up. So you never feel great. So you continue the cycle over and over and over again. Um, so if you're not focusing on like what what's going on within you, that's not allowing your reservoir to be filled with what you're doing and if you're not filling up your reservoir yourself and working on patching up those uh, cracks and those holes, um, then you're just going to repeat a cycle of constantly needing something from everyone else um, instead of looking inward.
1: Yeah that constant neediness is what you really want to pay attention to. So like look in your life and look at what situations you struggle with the most and think about when you are approaching those situations, whether it's a difficult conversation or a negotiation with your boss or uh, parenting a, a child or parenting an, a parent, you know, we, those roles change. Um, you know, what is it that you struggle with the most? And as you think about that, think about how you feel when you go into that situation, when you're fully resourced, when you've got that inner resourcefulness, when you feel good, when you feel like nothing can bug you. And there are certain high points in my life when i feel like everything is just all love and and magical and you know the day she was born was like that it's, and the day i climbed mount st helens was like that there are certain things that are just magical that you feel like everything is love everything is bliss but those for a lot of people are few and far between and our culture celebrates busyness our culture celebrates overextension. Mm-hmm. our culture celebrates giving to um, depletion. So, in a culture like that, you have to really look at how do you fill yourself
0: up. Especially and- when the giving also entails that, like you're you're expecting something in return. It's not necessarily like you're giving just to give. It's you're giving because you're going to expect a return on that investment. So it's like the expectation of you're not giving to just because you want to, it's be giving to because you want something back and want something from someone else.
1: Yeah, and something the, else. The, the culture uh, creates an expectation that you give because you're going to feel better when you give. Mm-hmm. That's just not true. I mean, there are certain situations where it is true that giving feels really good. But giving feels really good when you're giving with an open heart and with an open hand. And then you're not trying to get something back from someone. And if you notice yourself feeling angry and resentful and um, feeling like you just don't feel like um, people appreciate you, then you really wanna look at how much you're trying to get doing for others to fill up that hole inside of you. So the first thing is to look at where the situation where you struggle, where do you feel that depletion? And then it doesn't take like a huge change Mm -hmm. To affect this?
0: No, it's it's my favorite thing to say <laughs> is baby steps. Take the little tiny baby steps that will get you somewhere. I guarantee it. Like you don't have to go through like a change that's like leaps and bounds so big. It's like shattering your world. You can you can just alter one little tiny thing and what you do during a day, just one tiny thing. Yeah. And then slowly work your way up. To the bigger changes, because baby steps are not as scary; they're not as difficult to deal with either. So, if you t- think about, you know, like what those kind of situations are that like really stress you out and stuff like that, and that you struggle with, what is something one tiny thing that you could do that would change that situation a bit? Like, let's say um, maybe you're kind of a procrastinator with having to do things. What if you planned out when you were gonna do it? That was it. Like all you did was like, or picked one thing that you were gonna do early that you wouldn't have to do later. And so there's less for you to do, even if you procrastinate. So you're still a little bit less stressed, but that's just one tiny thing
1: you can do. Yeah, you teach your brain to to have success. And so Mm -hmm. if you tell yourself you're gonna do something all the time and you don't, you teach your brain to not trust you. So in order to create that trust again, In yourself, you have to take tiny baby steps that you follow through with. I had a teacher once who said, things like, tell yourself you're going to blink right now and do it. And it was so funny because so many of us have created this um, environment in our lives where we don't follow through, especially when it comes to ourselves. We do for everybody else, but when it comes to ourselves, somehow we think that's not as important. And um, sometimes we drive our coaching clients a little bit nuts when we're really, we talk about self-care because without the self-care, without the inner resourcefulness, you do not make good decisions. You you give in order to get, Mm -hmm. and you're always trying to fill a hole inside of you from your clients, from your family, from your friends. And so you need to know that you don't have to keep doing the things you've been doing, that you're going to be okay. Yeah. You will be okay if you change your behaviors. And just you,
0: baby step behaviors. Again, yes. you can just do little baby steps yes. and you'll still be okay. It's not, again, it doesn't have to be earth shattering. It's just a little, little step.
1: I was on a call with a client one day when um, during the quarantine and her college student came in and interrupted the call to ask mom when she was gonna make lunch for him. I said, well, how old your kid? well, he's 21, but you know how it feels better when somebody else makes lunch for you. But it was clear to me that she was exhausted. She was feeling so much um, pulling at her and her inner resourcefulness was totally depleted. And she was getting all of her needs met by doing for other people. And she wasn't teaching her kid how to give back in the family. Like another friend who's had a kid with um, long-term illness said, it's so exciting to see her kid not only... Uh, stepping up to want to help make dinners and things like that um, because it's a a sign that she's feeling better and healthier but she becomes a contributor to the family not just a taker Mm -hmm. isn't that it wasn't that interesting and so you know we all feel better when we contribute to the family and for those of us who are huge givers and take care of everything for everybody else we are robbing other people of the ability to give Mm -hmm. our inability to receive robs other people of the ability to give. Now, sometimes we have to teach people how to treat us differently. If we've always been the giver and refuse to receive, we have to teach them that "Mm, now we would like something different.
0: Yes. Yes. And that's when, you know, setting up boundaries and having a conversation and talking about like, I've realized these are the habits that I have gotten into. And these are the ways of being that I've gotten into. And I would very much like that to change because it's not healthy for me at this point um are you willing to change with me right and
1: planning ahead i I saw on a travel site that i'm on this morning um somebody saying
0: okay when you're a family of
1: four you're traveling with your spouse you have two children do you get two seats and two seats or do you get three seats and one seat how do you do it and it was so interesting to see the responses some people assumed that one parent was supposed to take care of the children and the other parent got a free pass one parent assumed that um, because they always take care of the children that their spouse should be taking care of the children on the flight. It was so interesting to see what the different differences were about people's expectations. But again, a lot of people hadn't really thought about it. They were in these unconscious behaviors of this is the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, get really conscious of the places that you are giving up your power, you're giving up your um, ability to receive, you are um, giving other people all the power, and where you're trying to get all your needs met from somebody else coming in and doing something for you, mm-hmm. or you get your needs met also by doing everything for them.
0: Yeah, because that 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 is the flip side. You know, we can we can give a lot because that's how we get our needs met, but we can also want to receive all the time too. Um, and that again, like there's like yeah, you get to receive all the time, but you know what? You, again, it, it's looking at what is that doing for the relationship as well, that you have with that person, same thing if you're giving all the time, the, then it's a one-way street then, you know, it's not a connected relationship, it's not an equal relationship, because someone's doing all of the work for it, and you're just sitting there and just basking in everything that they're giving, you know, like, yes, lay your love on me, mm-hmm, please, so uh, so that and, and that kind of thing can be different if it's like alternating or if there's one point where someone's receiving more or someone's giving more but if it's constantly one-sided it's one-sided that means your relationship is just one-sided there's not really substance there so
1: and you really can't get all the things you need from one person anyway oh, no. so you know how are you looking at um, who you are as a person what you love most in the world who you want to be in the world. And a lot of people have lost that sense of themselves. Um, A lot of women lose that sense of themselves. They become all about the spouse, they become all about the children, Mm -hmm. they become all about the career. And um, somebody said to me the other day, you know, it's very hard to be good at everything. And so you might be really great at your career Mm -hmm. or really great at parenting and not great at other things. And that's perfectly okay, but, but don't just do it unconsciously. You know, look at it and say, wow, am I, I loved this child who I brought into the world and I'm spending so little time with them because I'm so focused on my career and what will I feel like in 10 years and 15 years and 20 years if all my focus is is on the career yeah you know so really allowing yourself to look at in a very conscious way I think that's one of the things that uh, we're gonna be talking about a lot is being very conscious yeah about choices and being very compassionate Towards yourself and the other people. Remember, you have taught everyone to treat you the way they treat you, mm-hmm. and you can teach them to treat you a new way.
0: Yeah, because I feel like maybe that's something else that you know the culture of America has sort of taught us as well is to like do things unconsciously, that you know don't put any like not really. Teaching us to think critically and consciously about our actions and next steps we're just supposed to like go through the motions check boxes off like a list that we're supposed to do and it's not really like we're making a whole lot of conscious choices all the time in that way so i think it's also important like it doesn't mean you have to make the choice but like be aware of what choices you are making
1: yeah i, I remember when you were um Looking at going to college and mm-hmm. and I was feeling like it was a huge reflection on me um, because the rest of the family had kind of done their thing and was kind of over here and it was just us pretty much. And I thought if you didn't go to college, if you didn't go to a good college, then um, somehow it was going to reflect badly on me. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends said to me, well, Linda might not be her time to go to college right out of high school. I was like, mm-hmm. no, no, she has to. And I had to get really conscious about what was going on for me. Mm-hmm. I was feeling like that was going to reflect on me. And really, it was reflecting on her choices. And um, I, And it was on me to allow her to have the choices that were going to be empowering for her. And so I had to let go of my need for that. It was funny I, I, in a lot of ways because I wasn't really conscious. That's the thing. Yeah. I wasn't conscious that I was really feeling like that until somebody said, doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. And we've had conversations a number of times saying that, you know, had she graduated from high school in 2020, she'd be definitely um, taking a gap year this year. Or two. Yeah. Or three. Just because, (laughs) you know, things have really changed. The college experience has changed. And we were really looking at how things would be different in in, in her age now um, if she were just coming out of high school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we look at her friends who graduated from college in this last year or two and how challenging that's been. Um, and, you know, it's it's they've got to really build their inner resourcefulness there um, because so much has changed for so many people. And a lot of us don't have the resources we had internally. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of us never had them and we need them now more than ever before. Yeah. And we want to remind you,
0: it's not a crime... To ask for help or to ask for clarification. Tell us more about asking for clarification. So, again, this goes back to communication. I don't know why I had to sing that. But um, but it goes back to, to communication. And the important thing with communication is that when you're having a conversation with someone and you're trying to explain things or things are explained to you, sometimes people miscommunicate or we misinterpret or we make assumptions that are not that are wrong. <laughs> so it's important to ask for clarification when you're confused about something, when you don't quite understand something, or when you think you've made an assumption, an assumption about One thing you just want to make sure that your assumption is correct. Um, It's not a crime to ask for that, and it's absolutely one hundred percent not a crime to ask for help either. Um, A lot of a lot of us want to avoid asking for help because we gotta do it ourselves and be independent and strong. And it's like, no, like you can be all of those things, but you can also ask for help because sometimes we need help, and sometimes we're trying to do something that maybe we don't necessarily understand how to do. So we might know someone who knows how to do it better and has more knowledge and can ask them for help and for clarification. Yeah.
1: You know, I, I am seen by a lot of people in my life as super strong and not stoic so much, but strong and that I don't really need anything. And, um, it's been years that I've been working on this so that what I've learned to do is ask for help with the small things. Hey, would you help me? Would you come early to the party and help me set up? Hey, mm-hmm. could I come over and um, would you help me figure out this thing that I can't understand on my, um, my, my software? Um, you know, I ask for small things so that when the big things are places where I need help, mm-hmm. they, uh, I have that relationship established. And so my inner resourcefulness is boosted by allowing other people to be part of that circuit of, of support and help and asking for clarification is so important. You may assume mm-hmm. that your child, your spouse, your friend, doesn't want to do certain things for a totally erroneous reason. Uh-huh. Again, you're being unconscious about it. You've never really had that conversation. You just assume that, that that's the case. And so I've learned a lot to ask people for clarification, and sometimes I'm really surprised. And, and I, I've, I've grown to kind of like that uh, because it's really fun to get to know people. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, You don't like doing that. Do you never like doing that? Or do you only not like doing that in these situations? Because I just really want to know. Because if you hate that and you never want me to ask you to do that again, I won't ask you to do that again. But I just want to understand, is it just this particular time? Or uh, is there something else I need to understand about, you know, how you're feeling and and what you are um, experiencing in this situation? And that increases my inner resourcefulness because it helps me understand another person. It helps me communicate. Mm -hmm helps me learn to ask for help it helps me learn to ask clarifying questions all of that supports our inner resourcefulness
0: and again what like what she just talked about with like asking help with uh, for help with only the little things that's a baby step that's just a baby step that's just okay so this is something that maybe i don't really need the most help with but i kind of know what i'm doing so i feel more comfortable asking for help because it doesn't make me feel like i'm weak or something right but it's just it's a little thing so someone can step in explain really briefly what's going on and then you can go do it and you can feel better and like oh i asked for help yeah the world didn't shatter <laughs> <I> wouldn't know <laughs> well
1: and so and if people reject my offers for help on a consistent basis and the people who are close to me they're part of my inner circle i ask i see you never let me come help tell me about that is it cuz you always like to do everything yourself mm-hmm. do you like doing it a certain way so you don't want anybody messing with it you know, uh, cause I would love to help. I love when you come help me. I, it's a really fun bonding experience. I love that. And, uh, I, I think that without those clarifying questions and yeah. without that ability to just say, Hey, what's up with that? Or even, you know, we'll have those conversations. It's like we went through a period where she used to make dinner occasionally. And then for a long time, she wasn't doing it at all. And uh, I would make dinner, but she wasn't ever volunteering. And I finally said, what's that about? Um, and we had a really great conversation about it. I was, I wasn't really feeling, um, depleted or used or anything like that, but I really liked the times that she did that stuff. And now what we've done is pretty much, we do it together.
0: Yeah. We pretty good together. Part of what, you know, for me is that I, I eat differently than she does most of the time. So that's part of the, that's where I was coming from. I'm like, half the stuff that I make, you're not going to want (laughs) to (laughs) eat. So I was like, that's why I didn't offer because she didn't want to eat. And I, and I was trying to respect like what she how she wanted to eat the sort of way she wanted to eat things versus how I like to eat things so
1: (laughs) this this is my carb loving daughter Um, yeah and her her mother loves the carbs but the carbs don't always love her I love me. I don't really love how I feel. But what we learned was yeah. to find some things that we like together. and So we don't eat together every day. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't live together. Um, and so for dinners, though, several times a week, we'll find things. We're trying new things constantly. We try something new a couple times new. a week. We'll
0: make something that we, we've made before, like way back when, when I was still living with her <laughs> back in college. Um, but, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. so it's still like a joint process now because I'm over here a lot work stuff anyway so but it's it but it's,
1: it's that a uh, clarification yeah and um, all of those things help your understanding of the other person they help your understanding of yourself and honestly they give you confidence Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. because and, and again going back with the baby steps baby steps give you confidence to do the bigger things so that when you get to that point you can like ask for the help in a situation where you really need it where it's like maybe you're really really upset and you just need someone to like be there and like talk to you or something like that Um, asking for clarification within a very difficult conversation to be able to have that confidence that you've gotten used to asking for clarification when you're in a difficult or serious conversation, you realize, Oh, I don't know if I understand this, or I don't know if I'm making the right assumptions here. Let me like clarify what's really going on for this other person. So it's helps giving baby steps help give you the confidence to eventually ask the bigger questions (laughs) when you need it. Yeah. And I think one of the things that happens too,
1: is the more you share what's going on with your own inner resourcefulness, like where you're feeling resource, where you're not. I didn't realize how depleted I was in my inner resourcefulness, um, until I was really feeling pretty isolated from other people. And like, I, I just didn't know if life was worth living. And I had a conversation we have, um, because of COVID and not being able to be inside and during these times in the county where we live, we've been having fireside chats. And so I brought this up and I said, this is how I've been feeling. I said, I'm starting to feel better now. And another friend said, me too. I've been in that same mm-hmm. place. And we realized that when you get to that place, that it is so hard to ask for help. And if you are typically a person that seems very together and um, like everything is always working out for you and you're very strong, people don't ask. And so- uh, yeah, I've dealt with that in college. Yeah. So I I realized that one of the things about um, being inner uh, resourced and and having that kind of of successful life and feeling happy and feeling whole and feeling healthy is that on a regular basis, you need to allow people in. You need to be offering and receiving. Giving, receiving, all um, on on a regular basis. And I think it's super important to um, acknowledge that because if you get to that place, where you're feeling really really down and depressed and, and not very well resourced it's incredibly hard to ask for help at that point point. and so I, I just really want to encourage you to really take stock of where you're feeling really good like who are the people in your life that feel really good and that's one of the things that I did as an exercise earlier in uh, 2020 uh, it was this whole exercise on what things and people make me feel good and what things and people make me feel depleted and contracted And so it's such a simple thing, but I did less of the ones that don't make me feel good and more of the ones that do make me feel good. People that I hung out with, activities I did, those kinds of things. Um, And it was just baby steps, you know, like a little bit at a time. I'm going to do a little bit more of that because that makes me feel good. I'm going to hang out a little bit less with that person because I don't feel good with that person. Um, And so take some stock. Look at those kinds of things. Take some baby steps.
0: Baby steps. Baby steps are so important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And remember that it's good to ask for help. It's good to ask for cl- yes. clarification. It really enhances your relationships. My relationships are so much better since I started doing that. Um, and since I stopped trying to get it from people who don't have the capacity to do it. Yeah. I think I was so frustrated for a while cause I kept trying to get it. I kept trying to give and receive with people who only wanted to, to, um, to, to receive. They didn't want to give. It's like, okay, there's nothing wrong with them. They're just not the right person for me mm-hmm. at this stage of my life. Mm-hmm. In other stages of my life, those people can come and go in little doses. But for me, the people I'm going to be most close to are the givers and the receivers, the people yeah. who allow me to give and, and want to give to me. Who
0: want, the, who, who want the equal relationships. You don't want the one-sided ones.
1: And it's not equal
0: all the time. I mean, no, 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 it's not. It's not going to be the scales are the scales are will tip. You know, they're not always going to be balanced. Like they're going to tip. But the thing is, it's going to go back and forth. It's not just going to tip in one direction and then stay there permanently.
1: Yeah. So I remember years ago, I I had a friend. It was like the third or fourth time I'd had lunch with her. And every single time it was about her trauma. And and at the end of, I think the third or fourth time, she said, well, next time, maybe we'll talk about you. I said, I can't do this anymore. And she was shocked Um, but I had allowed that dynamic to happen um, Mm -hmm. until I got to the point where I just wasn't interested anymore um, in in working it out because I just got so depleted Um, so don't do that if you've got a relationship that you really value Mm -hmm. and you really want to uh, maintain that relationship find a way to make it more give-and-take ask for what you need for a lot of you I know that's super hard Mm
0: -hmm. And if you're receiving a lot from the other person, ask what they want out of the relationship too. Like ask what they need, because there could be something that you can give them, but you haven't been because you've been really focused on getting things from other people or from them. And that
1: person may be such a giver that they don't really know. But you know, asking, how can I support you? And then asking specific things, Um, you know, could I come over and help you with this? And, And don't be attached to the outcome. They might not want help with that. Um, You know if you saw something funny in a store or on uh, social media send it to them Just let them know you're thinking about them find Mm -hmm. ways, you know to be there And if you have questions about how to do more of that because a lot of us need that a lot of us want it We just don't quite know how to get started. Just let us know We're happy to help with more support around that because we really want to have a happier healthier culture Uh, And there's a lot of work to do to get there and we want to do our small part to help you
0: because even what we do is just a little baby step.
1: Yep, everything's Mm -hmm. a little baby step. Yeah. So until next time, we love you. Mm -hmm. Mwah!